Hey guys, uh, today is May the 10th and uh, had a little time, so I thought I would go ahead and uh, <clears throat> pick up our study in Matthew. Uh, last time, I'm not sure how far we got, but I think it was uh, somewhere around 28, Matthew 15, 28. So let me just back up, kind of refresh my memory. In Matthew 15, verse number 21, then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. <clears throat> um, the faith of the Canaanite woman is what we call this. Um, I mentioned last time that our Lord had actually walked some 50 miles from Galilee to the coasts or the area of Tyre and Sidon to meet this woman. Um, I don't like the word coincidence. I don't think in the life of a child of God there's any such thing as a coincidence. I like to call it a Christ instance. This was a Christ instance. This was a divine appointment. Our Lord went out of his way <clears throat> to minister to this woman. It was not an accident. Uh, these were Gentile cities. So this was a divine appointment. Again, no such thing as a coincidence. I find it inter interesting here that this woman um, is proclaiming who Jesus is. Um, she says, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. She's proclaiming uh, exactly who the Lord is, while his own countrymen are in the active process <clears throat> of plotting his demise. <laughs> uh, he is being rejected. Um, there's a, uh, I don't know what we call it, but it's a sequence that happens in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, especially where the Lord comes, he starts to preach the gospel of the kingdom, and as that's being rejected and he starts being persecuted, he goes north. Uh, Capernaum, and then he begins to work his way back down, and it becomes very obvious that he is going back to Jerusalem to be rejected and crucified. Um, and of course, you know we see that in in all of the the gospels that sequence of events that's happening. So he's uh, we're already in chapter fifteen. I mean, they're already plotting his demise, but we see this Gentile woman acknowledging who he was, thou son of David, and called him Lord. Um, and of course, David, uh, Jesus was a descendant of David, both through his mother's genealogy and his stepfather's genealogy. Um, he was definitely in the lineage of King David. Um, but he answered in verse 23, not her, answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. And he answered and said, Am I not sent? I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Lord, true. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. 
And then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now, as we said last time, the Lord was not being rude to this woman. He was being extremely respectful toward her. Uh, he was just merely stating his purpose. I didn't come. Um, I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I didn't come for the Gentiles. And I think a lot of people just kind of read over that and 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 we end up getting a lot of confused theology. Um, Jesus and the apostles, John the Baptist, they were going after the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They were not going after Gentiles. Um, they had no idea uh, that, you know, well, I'm sure our Lord did, but the disciples, John the Baptist, the apostles, they had no idea that crucifixion awaited him. Uh, and even after the crucifixion, I mean, they're walking around thinking, you know, game over. Um, I mean, they were coming preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom was repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Why? And this was a national repentance. He was asking for a national repentance. He was not asking for one-on-one -on -one repentance like you and I experience in the body of Christ today. Our Lord came to turn the nation of Israel to their Messiah. And, of course, he was rejected. Um, they preached the gospel of the kingdom. And again, there's a difference between the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace or the gospel of reconciliation that you and I preach today, which is belief um, in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Um, two different gospels. You and I aren't saved under the gospel of the kingdom. And they had no idea about the gospel of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ until much later. Now, I'm sure they knew of it later on in life, but here in the text right here, they're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So Jesus came to minister to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I didn't come for the Gentiles. I came for the Jews. So he's not being rude. He's just stating his purpose. As, as I mentioned last time in verse 26, when it talks about uh, to cast it to the dogs, literally it's, it's a term of, of endearment to the little dogs. Uh, in other words, I didn't come for you guys. I came for the Jews. And of course, the Jews viewed the Gentiles as heathen dog pigs. That's how that word uh, can be translated, heathen dog or pig. Didn't think a lot of Gentiles at all. However, bear in mind that, <clears throat> that Jesus walked 50 miles for this divine appointment with this lady. And I believe that he purposely used this to show as an object lesson for the lost sheep of the house of Israel how that the Gentiles are receiving me and yet you are rejecting me. Um, in other words, the sheep are rejecting him, but the dogs were accepting him. And we read no other reason than this as to why Jesus went 50 miles out of his way to minister to this woman. It can be said that he simply had a divine appointment and he used that divine appointment <clears throat> to make a point that the sheep of Israel were rejecting him and the dogs, the Gentiles, were accepting him. Um, 
Then we go down into verse number 29 um, through 31. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And a great multitude came unto him, having with them those that were lame and blind and dumb and maimed and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet and healed them, insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb speak, the maimed be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Now, it's interesting that while faith was mentioned in the healing of the Gentile woman in the previous verses, it is not mentioned in these healings. As a matter of fact, the faith does not appear to be on the part of those who are being healed, but on the part of those who actually brought them to be healed. I think the point being is that Jesus can do anything he wants to with or without a preconceived formula uh, that we tend to have. Uh, you know, the man that came to Jesus and said, you know, I want to be made well. And the ass, and the, he said, do you believe? And the man said, well, help me in my unbelief. So obviously the man didn't have 100% faith in Jesus's ability to heal him. Uh, he obviously had some doubts. You know, but to hear people say today, you know, the, you know, the faith and uh, the faith movement and um, predominantly the Pentecostal movement, you got to have faith. You know, yeah, I think you do have to have faith. But Jesus also said, if you have the faith as the grain of a mustard seed, which is the smallest among seeds, you can say unto this mountain, be thou removed into the sea. Just a grain of faith, you can do that. So I think there's doubt. There's doubt in all of our minds. None of us, I, I believe, are 100% of the time, 100% full of faith. Uh, we all have these lingering doubts, and the Lord honored that. He honored what faith they did have. And I believe the Lord honors what faith we do have. Now, certainly, I mean, we should have more faith, and I believe if we had more faith, God would honor that more faith. But God honors faith even if it's as small as the grain of a mustard seed, which indeed is the smallest among seeds. God wants faith. Without faith, it is impossible uh, to, to please God. God wants faith, and may we have ever-increasing faith. And the Bible says that our faith grows from faith to faith. The more we lean on God, the more we see God, the more we understand God, the more God does, the more we have faith. Our faith grows. Um, um, but like all healings, again, God wants the glory. God received the glory for these healings. And I believe that all that God does in our lives ultimately is to bring glory to himself. He said, I'll, I'll share my glory with no man. Um, Pastor Chuck Smith used to say that when we began taking bows, God removes himself from the situation. God wants to receive the glory in everything that he does in our lives. Period. So Jesus healed these people. Then down in verse number 32, 
Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. And his disciples said unto him, Whence should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude? And Jesus said unto them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Well, you know, seven and a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and break them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. I think that's where we get uh, the idea of praying over our food. It's exemplified in the life of Christ. <clears throat> and they did all eat and were filled, and they took up the broken meat that was left, seven baskets full. And they that did eat were 4,000 men besides the women and the children. So there was a lot more there. It's just there were 4,000 men. And he sent away the multitude and took a ship and came to the coast of Magdala. Now, as I look at this miracle, this miracle, though separate, is essentially the same as the feeding of the 5,000 in the previous, or in the last chapter. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, John Bonner, uh, was the first to point out to me that in each of these miracles of the feedings, um, the disciples not only gave, but they also received. Uh, because back in the first feeding in 1420, at the end of the feeding, it says, and they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of the fragments that remained. There was actually stuff left over, 12 baskets full. So actually, the disciples gave what they had, and still was able to receive. They ministered, but they were also ministered to. In Matthew 15, verse 37 here, it says, And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. The point is that God wants to minister as much to us as he desires to minister through us. Another point to be made is that we cannot outgive God. You can't give more away than God's going to give you back. Now, granted, I, I think there's a lie in the church today that God's going to bless us physically. Um, that's not always the case. Uh, spiritual blessings are far more valuable in this life than physical. Physical's nice, don't get me wrong. But make no mistake about it, you cannot outgive God. When you minister to others, God is going to minister back to you. You know, our Lord talked about how that you have to learn to die to yourself. You have to die in order to live. And that's true. Joy is found in giving, not necessarily in receiving. And the point I see here, the application that I see here for you and me, is that you simply cannot outgive God. He desires to bless us. Well, God bless you guys. I do hope that you have a great, great day. And remember that God loves you, and He wants the best for you. And He is working all things out for your good.